So this is, this is a disturbing account. The fellow servants, it says they were deeply disturbed. We have this man who is forgiven a huge amount. If you read this in the original language, it's something that is so much. It's sort of like each one of you being tasked to pay back the national deficit. Like, like think like that's the kind of, it's like an impossible thing. You can't do that no matter how much you try. And the amount that that fellow servant still was significant. It wasn't little pennies. It was still significant, but it was possible. And yet you have these two huge impossible tasks that is forgiven. And then that servant turns immediately and tries to seize and choke the money out of his fellow servant who says the exact same thing. Be patient. I will pay it back. The master is moved with compassion, forgives. Servant refuses. And there's something here that I want you to see because there's always a deeper key in these parables, something that we maybe miss. That original servant, the wicked servant, He was not able to fully receive the infinite mercy of forgiveness. And how do we know that? Well, when we dig into this, it says this man falls down, does him homage, the master, and says, be patient with me and I will pay you back in full. This is something impossible for him to pay back. And yet he doesn't realize. It's like he has this image of the master that is still in terms of calculation. Not unlike St. Peter at this moment. Lord, how much should I forgive? And he gives a number to it. He gives a perfect number, a seven. But then Jesus gives this other using a number, but saying 70 times seven. In other words, I'm trying to get you out of numbers to show you this is something that you have to just do on a different level, beyond calculation. The servant got stuck in this false image of God as a banker. And because of that, he couldn't receive the healing power of mercy. And then it pushes him to be desperate, saying, well, I got to figure out how to pay this back. Instead of recognizing what he had, it would have opened him to be merciful to his fellow brother, to forgive from the heart, to have mercy on that deeper level, because he had, been he had received something that is beyond calculation, but because he got stuck in the calculations, he said, well, I have to figure out how to pay this back. In a certain sense, he didn't want the forgiveness of the master. He wanted to be able to pay it back on his own terms because then he wouldn't truly be debted to the master. 
he would be able to be free of the master. But the moment he receives this forgiveness, this complete forgiveness of this loan that he could never pay back, then he would be ultimately connected to that master forever. And in his mind, that was something that he was not willing to do. That's the great tragedy. His heart was made to be connected to that master because mercy is something that doesn't push us down. But as St. John Paul II would say, it goes down into our misery and it lifts us up. It restores us to dignity. That master ultimately wanted to make the servant a son to be forgiven and connected to him in a forever way. And yet the servant couldn't see it. He was blinded by his own self-sufficiency and his refusal of receiving forgiveness. And because of that, he tried to figure out how to pay back in full. It made him desperate and it made him enraged when his fellow servant said, I, I will, but I don't have that money right now. And he says, well, I have to have this because I need to be free of the master by being able to try to pay back this thing because I don't want to be connected to him. And ultimately it moved him to be bound to his own unforgiveness. And we see how that plays out where he ends up in prison to pay back the debt because he makes a prison of his own mind, of his own heart, and he's stuck trying to pay back this impossible debt because he keeps refusing mercy. He wants justice, not mercy. But ultimately what he missed was that that master, God, his justice is his mercy because to be just is to honor the relationship and God is a father who keeps his promises. And so justice and mercy are one in God. He's not two-faced. He's not this or this, but he's love, he's mercy. And we have to be like that first reading today where it says, we come to you with our whole heart. Not a calculating heart, but a human heart. Because fundamentally, we are not calculating beings. We are something beyond that. There's an infinite worth because God placed his own image and likeness within us. And he's calling us, come back to me with your whole heart. Because if you truly give your heart to me and you open your heart to my knocking, I will pour out my mercy in such a way that I will transform your heart. And you will realize that what you have been looking for all this time is actually being joined to me forever as child. And in that power of the Holy Spirit, which transforms the heart, 
we then have the ability to forgive our neighbor, even if it is a big debt. Because we start looking in different terms. We start looking through the lens of mercy and not the lens of calculation. And this is really one of the keys to find healing when we struggle with unforgiveness. Have we fully received the love of God in its depth? Or are we still in some way struggling with the calculation aspect in which we haven't fully received the image of divine mercy deep within our heart and there's some other version of that image that's out there that's maybe moving our heart to say, Lord, are you really that merciful? And this is where the the beautiful feast of mercy helps to shock us, where the Lord says, yeah, I actually am that merciful. And I'm calling you to be that merciful too. And that's something that we can only do from a transformed heart. We can't just turn around and forgive our neighbor, especially if they've deeply hurt us. That only comes from allowing our heart to be pierced and allowing his love to come in and transform us from the inside out. And only then will we have the eyes and the heart and the hands and the feet and the words that are Christ's. Because that call of St. Paul, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me, starts to take flesh within our own lives. And we become an allegory of the good news played out in each one of our lives, a flower of mercy growing up in the garden of God to make this world a little more warmer and a lot more merciful. Let's open our hearts during the celebration of Holy Mass that we allow the fire of God's love, his own heart, to meld with our heart so that just like in Holy Communion, we become what we eat. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. 
Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.